everybody. Welcome to the Royals FC show, episode 23. I'm Cindy Lara, and with me, I've got uh, my two awesome friends. Ryan. I'm, and I'm Virtue. I jumped you. <laughs> you did. It's fine. It's fine. We didn't plan it. I get it. jumped a lot. Yeah, we didn't plan it. <laughs> um, yeah, so welcome to episode 23. We are 23 today, and it's pretty awesome. Um... So, not really a podcast we're looking forward to doing, um, but we got to pay the bills. <laughs> um, so, Wait, we're going to... get paid? No. <laughs> Since I'm, when have we got paid for doing this? Yeah. I don't know. I have a sponsorship, so I don't know what you guys are Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, Vircho and I, if you're like a rich... <laughs> Uh, benefactor out there, feel like we will say whatever you need us to say on this show. Mm, there we go. We, I don't know. I, yeah. PayPal, Venmo, whatever you Venmo. got. Just send money our way. <laughs> yeah, we should start a GoFundMe. Ooh. Sure, we get like a penny. Kickstarter slash we Royals should, FC show. Yeah. You know, I've been tempted to start a GoFundMe for season tickets. <laughs> I feel like it's too much of a tool move, but it's like. so is. It, I really can't afford them. It can't be yeah. any worse than it's like right after I registered for college this last year, the the school I'm going to has this uh, this app, and you can there's a like a student chat that's part of it, and there mm. were people straight up posting their links to oh I need two thousand dollars, and it's like yeah we all need tuition money like we get it, mm-hmm. don't go fund me your college tuition unless you're <laughs> you know. Have some special circumstance. This was just random people, so I don't know. If mm. they can do it, then we totally can. Totally. Well, right. Well, episode 23. Um, we're going to start here talking about just a little bit. We really are just trying to not talk about what happened on Friday night in Portland. So we're really just going to talk about what's going on around the league first. Um, let's cover that first. So... Um, Sky Blue FC, um, there's some trouble going on there, and it was publicized this past Saturday when Sam Kerr, who used to play for Sam, I'm sorry, for Sky Blue FC, pretty much Sam, Sam, Sam Kerr FC, Blue FC, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, she went back to New Jersey for the first time since she was traded, and, um, she hit 50 goals. She scored a hat trick where um, she's, she did it so many times last year. And if anybody watched NWSL last season, just watching Sam Kerr and Sky Blue FC last season was so much fun. It was, they just, they always had a way to pull the uh, comebacks that you just didn't expect. Um, ah, it was so much fun. Anyway, Sam Kerr returned. She did a hat trick. Um, Sky Blues is still winless, hasn't won anything. Um, but post-game, um, Sam Kerr made some comments about wanting to take all of her former teammates with her. And uh, this is a quote that was shared um, by Dan Lavletta, I believe that's his last name. Yep, from Equalizer Soccer. Uh, Sam said, oh, man, I just lost my tweet. Where did it go? Hmm. There it is. If I'm honest, I didn't enjoy it. I wish things were better here and that I could stay. I scored a hat trick, but I wasn't myself today. I feel sad. I feel sick playing against these girls. They're my 
long life friends. It just sucks that that's the way it had to be. I'm just going to say the girls deserve better, and I'm just going to leave it at that. These girls are great girls. They give everything of themselves for this club and this league, and they just deserve better. I wish I could take every single one of them with me, but that's not the way it is. I felt like I was going to cry at some points in the game. Um, I felt like I was going to cry reading that. Oh, right? Killer. And it's very genuine. And there's, I mean, you can talk about, I know there's so much talk about players asking for trades, but I honestly don't think there's anything wrong with that if an organization is not doing what they're supposed to do. And um, I don't blame the players. I mean, I, whatever, I know that people can get so much crap for that, but um, if it's an organization that's not doing what they're supposed to do, like, if, why would you want to play for them? Like, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I am totally behind a player where they are in an organization and they're just not being traded how they should be. Um, how much of that, though, is just not having the money? Because I know, like, just a few minutes yeah. ago, Katie Stengel posted on Instagram at the um, home of the rain showing a picture of the goalpost being duct taped. And it's like, this is the best way to treat professionals. Mm. Wow, um, really? Yeah. Oh, man. See, that's interesting to me because, and, you know, that's that's kind of the rough little transitional phase that this league is in right now is there's becoming this, you know, there's Portland and Utah and, uh, you know, teams that are, you know, maybe even Chicago and Houston to an extent. Orlando seems to have things that are, you know, okay. And then there's Washington and Sky Blue and, mm. uh, you know, just and, and, you know, Boston who, the, the, you know, they're kind of unraveled for them. There's, there's still like that gap in ownership where, I mean, I don't, at least I don't want to believe that the owners of some of the, I'll say, smaller clubs or, or lower budget clubs I don't think they want to not put more into these teams. They they just can't for whatever reason. Or maybe they can and they're not, and that's what the issue is. Like like with Kansas City, how their owner just kind of bailed on them. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch, and even to me, even more so where we've got an owner who's doing so much for this team to think, well, why can't everybody do that? Um yeah, there's just there's a lot of work to do to get everybody in the league to the point where they're getting the support they should have. Yeah. And I don't know how much it is a money issue. It could be. I mean, a big club is not there's a difference between a club that is is has the MLS background and um, they may have a little bit more room to do that. But, yeah, I don't know. What's going on with these smaller clubs? There's definitely huge inequality type thing. You talk about, you talk about the gender gap and the pay gap, and even the, um, you know, like the digital divide. And I think that very much applies in the NWSL with these smaller clubs that um, you do have the clubs that can take care of their players a little bit better than. Um, a Washington Spirit or um, who else? Yeah, Seattle. So it could be a money thing or it just it could be that not much is 
you know, like in Kansas City, the owner kind of bailed, like Brian said. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know that, I know that for Seattle, it's always been talked about um, where the rain would play. And there just isn't a soccer-specific stadium in Seattle. I mean, the Sounders play at Century Link Field, and that's not a soccer field. That's a football stadium. Still, um, I believe they have pretty good support at CenturyLink, right? I've never been to a game. Just from what I've seen. For the Sounders? Yeah, yeah. they have a good crowd. So, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Are, are the owners really trying to give their players the best? I think, I think for it being the sixth season of the NWSL, I think, I don't think teams should be playing in um, college stadiums anymore. Um. Oh, I agree. I, I think one of the biggest problems, and, you know, this is just speculative, but I think that there's a desire to want organizations to be self-sustainable, mm -hmm. and I think that they're just simply not. And because they're not self-sustainable and owners don't want to take a loss, they just don't provide the extra luxury or, you know, those extra things. Right. That's what I think. Right. Sure. Um, an interesting kind of like thing that came out of this was Sky Blue's tweet, though. Um, and that's just from nine hours ago. So that was this morning, kind of in the obvious afterlight of one of their former players making comments like that, where they wrote uh, you know, basically a statement that said, we want you to know we're listening and we want everybody that supports this club to continue to hold us accountable. If we're not doing the right thing, we need to know where we're falling short so we can take the steps to make it right. Which is, I mean, again, you can say, what does that mean? You know, when we see results, we'll, we'll believe it. But at least they, you know, so many teams could just ignore it and not say anything. Um, at least they felt like they wanted to say, you know, sure, let us know. If there's something that isn't right with our club, we need to fix it. So yeah. maybe there's some hope for the future. I mean, I, that's another club I would hate. Well, any, you know, I don't want to see teams leave. The league needs to stay together and grow and right. have everybody, you know, kind of reach that, that truly professional level. Yeah, and I just find it, you oh, know. Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> and to be, to be really blunt about it, you know, this this league has had problems with clubs folding in this awful period. And I think that if you were to pick a club that is at the highest danger of folding, that is without a doubt sky blue. Yeah. And I think that's manifested itself in the record. I mean, we're well over halfway through the season. They have three points. None of those are with a win. They're just three draws. Um, their attendance records are... I'm pretty sure the lowest in the league. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and players want out. Those are not good signs. Yeah. I mean, and they start with w one of, if not the smallest stadiums in the league to begin with. So, um, yeah, if they aren't even getting, you know, any sort of attendance there, that's that's bad. Yeah. And, I, you know, New York City, that whole metropolitan area, it's it's a big city. It's not like they're playing in 
in the middle of nowhere or some small city. It's, I mean, it's the biggest metropolitan area probably in the world. Um, maybe. I don't know my geography that well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. But, yeah, there is there's definitely a lot of um, unhappiness and uncertainty. And it's not a, I don't, the clubs, I don't think it's folding, but if people are not going to your games, your players are not happy, what does that mean? And it's, and it, you know, it is admirable that they address the issue and they put out a statement. But now comes the actions. What are you going to do for that? You can say whatever you want, but how are you going to back it up? Yeah, and I think, you know, it's going to go a long way towards that, that, uh, you know, I know Deloitte Hansen, the Royals owner, and Merritt Paulson and, and others are involved in a, in a, on a board that are, are looking to address, you know, how do they, how do they increase the, the revenues from sponsorships and, and how do they get better TV deals and then how can they, you know, get some kind of a league-wide influx of money and maybe they can start doing a, a revenue sharing uh, similar to what you see in, in the other big leagues, especially like, you know, when you think about how hard teams fight to get promoted up into the Premier League in England because your team budget just from your share of that t that TV revenue that they have, mm -hmm. like I think triples, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. you can still have one of the lowest budgets in the league, but you're way above somebody in the second division just on that alone. So that kind of stuff is, is, you know, the business side, I think of the league. Mm -hmm. um, and they've got so many, you know, they've, they still don't have a, an actual true commissioner. They still have an interim commissioner. They're, hiring a couple of positions right now, you know, that there's still a lot of work to do, I think, league-wide to create something that is more stable for every club and for not sure. just the ones that have a bunch of resources. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I don't, I think the league will probably have to step in like they did with Boston and Kansas City and hopefully one of the reasons why Boston was not sold and why it ceased operations was because um, the league was, you know, they whoever, they just didn't want to repeat of what was going on. So they would have rather have had one less team than have to, you know, deal with the issue that they had been facing before or, or the issues that were happening in Kansas City and Boston to resurface. So... Um, hopefully the league steps in here and um, the standards that they are trying to set as the league goes on to year seven, um, that they, um, you know, put them in place and hold the Sky Blue FC ownership in accountable for, for, for their managing. So um, obviously you don't want to see a team fold or get taken away, but um, – there could be a better market for Sky Blue franchise, especially with, you know, the, I mean, lowest attendance. They have the lowest record. Players are not happy. Um, something has got to change for Sky Blue FC. Um, and those problems have been happening for, for years. I mean, you know, Kelly Hara probably won't come out and say it, but that was one of the reasons why she wanted to be traded was um, stuff happening behind the scenes. Same with Sam Kerr. 
and these are two big names. So, um, yeah, really unfortunate. Hopefully things get better. They step up their game. Um, get out of playing at that college stadium. These are professional athletes. Treat them as such. Um, so, yeah. Um, could they be at a risk of folding? I don't think so. I don't think they're there yet. Um, but again, if if your players are not happy and player and fans don't want to come out to see you and you're not winning games, you you know, that's kind of a what's the point of having a team? I don't know. We shall see. Yeah. And I um, mean, that's rough cuz I don't I I I don't know. I haven't looked at it that closely, but I, I don't understand why they are winless. They they seem like they're better players than that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if that goes then down to coaching or if it's just the, the you know, the morale is so bad among them because of the other things going on mm. that that's why they're struggling. Um, yeah. Yeah. But with they just. Yeah. But with that, like if 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 there if there is player, whatever is going on. That is obviously going to affect your on-field performance. I mean, you see teams that are that get along well, and you know every team. You know we're human. We're all obviously gonna have our own beef with people, whether it's petty or not. But um, I it may not be. It just may be the fact that um, people are so unhappy that they may not even care. It's affecting morale. It's affecting on-field performance, and. People maybe are just trying to survive the season and see what happens for 2019. I think um, something that a lot of people, I guess, either don't want to talk about or aren't talking about is the way that this affects the league and how it's important to the league. Um, before, I, before I talk about that, though, I just want to jump back a little bit. Um, you know, business is a way, uh, I guess business functions in a way that ownership only cares about something as long as it'll drive profits. Mm. When, um, you know, the profits aren't coming and you're taking a loss, um, whatever that organization infrastructure is, it becomes something that's disposable. And that's why I think that when you, when you take that into account and you tie that into the way that, you know, the dissolution of the, the Boston, the team in Boston has really ruined a lot of opportunities mm. for a lot of female athletes. You look at, you know, EJ Proctor would probably almost certainly be on a first team contract sure. if it weren't for that. You know, tons of other players like Kendall Johnson would have first team contracts. They would have places and opportunities to play. And as a result, they don't. Um, and so even though there may not be a big risk of sky blue folding now, I mean, it has potential to be on the fringe, on the fringes. And I think that's something that we as fans and people who care about women's soccer is that, um, you know, a tree can lose a few branches, but once it loses X amount of branches, it's going to become a major problem for the rest of the mm. tree, if that sort of makes yeah. sense. Um, and so... I mean, like, I know for a fact that I'm cheering on Sky Blue every game they play the rest right. of the season, unless it's yeah. against the Royals, right? Because mm -hmm. you... There's only one I mean, more of those, so... Yeah, because you need some stability in this league. And frankly, because the league doesn't have an overwhelming uh, 
population of fans, that brings problems with it. So, you know, support the league, support the league as a whole. Um, And I I honestly don't think that the problems that the leagues are having, the league is having is akin to that, that you see in a lot of African leagues where there's a lot of corruption. Like I don't see that happening at all. I just don't think that there is enough revenue circulating because the league does not have enough fans that it needs to permanently be sustainable at this point. And a lot, and we've heard from the owner in Chicago. Yes, attendance is huge, um, but also uh, sponsors. But um, a lot of the money comes from sponsorships, and a lot, and that again goes to um, if if you know if I'm a if I'm a big corporation or or whatever, do I want to invest in this league um, that may not be very well supported by the public? So. So, dear, uh, uh, just if you're rich, go <laughs> get yourself an NWSL team, and um, and start paying them a lot of money and building them nice training rooms mm. and taking care of them. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Ham, you're listening. Because <laughs> I know, I know, half of our audience is like millionaires. For sure. So. Oh, totally. That's how we get. That's how. Hey, you weren't. <laughs> go ahead. You want to know something really interesting that I just put together? So even though I'm off my personal Twitter account for the next little bit, I'm still on the Royals, still running the Royals Twitter account. Not not like the club, but our the, show. The show, yeah. the show that y'all are listening to right now. Um, I noticed that the club retweeted, or I guess they like redistributed the video of Deloitte talking about equality. I think it's really interesting that they did that today around the same time that the statement was made by Sky Blue. Right, right. I don't know if that's like, I don't know, symbolic or means anything, but who knows? Could be interesting. Just a thought that came to my mind. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So very thankful that there is, you know, owners like um, Deloitte and um, Merritt Paulson up in Portland. Um, they really do care about the women te- the women's team they own, and um, everyone I've spoken to, I've had a chance to interview, um, from um, Kendall Johnson to Taylor Lido to Abby Smith, coming to Utah, has been the they has been the best thing that has happened for their careers because they finally feel like they are getting treated like professionals. Um, and it's crazy that it's taken nearly six years. And hopefully it just keeps growing. And hopefully, um, you know, guys like Paulson and Deloy are leading the way, challenging these owners or even the new ones that are potentials coming in that, you know, do a good job. Um, treat them as you would your men's team, if not better. Um, so... Hopefully there's 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 that new mindset going, that new drive, if the NWSL is to continue growing. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, anything else on that, guys? On. Uh, not for me. No. Yeah. I guess we can jump to Chicago. 
speculation. I mean, obviously it's not the like problems to the extent that like Sky Blue is going mm-hmm. through, but it's also interesting to note that they've had four or five players request a trade recently, so that's probably indicative of something, one of those players yeah. being Sam Johnson. And with that, I, I don't think it's the ownership. Um, I think the owner really is trying. I mean, he took him from playing in at a, at a college stadium to taking him to where they play now at Toyota Park where the Chicago Red Stars, um, sorry, where the fire play. Um, so I, I don't think that's an ownership thing. Um, that could be, and this is just mere speculation from what I've heard, it's more of a coaching problem. So um, I, Red Stars, I don't think it has anything to do with the ownership. The own, I, I've heard great things about the owner. Um, so it just comes down to, you know, the coaching style. Um, one of the reasons why, what, go ahead. I was just going to say, oh, for sure. I mean, it's got to be personnel stuff. And like you were saying about Rory Dames. Mm. Yeah. And one of the reasons why Sofia Huerta wanted out was because she's in the national, national women's national team. I'm sorry. U.S. women's national team pool right now. And Joe Ellis, for some reason beyond anybody trying to understand, <laughs> is trying to convert her to a to a defensive, you know, like a left back. And and Rory, you know, has her as a midfielder, and she wants to start playing like that in her and for the Red Stars. And he was like, "Well, that doesn't work here." So, yeah, there's uh, there's a lot in Chicago that um, we just don't know. Um, but it could be a personnel thing. Personnel thing. I don't think it's on the owner for this one. Um, yeah, so something to keep an eye on, um, especially with Sky Blue. It's crazy that it took Sam Kerr finally being like, this is what's happening, and it sucks, and I feel bad. And, you know, reaching 50 goals in the NWSL, the first to do so, and not feel any joy in that. Um that, that's, that's, that speaks a lot. That's, that's bad. Yeah, for sure. So I'm a huge Sam Kerr fan. Um, the record. I would totally fangirl in a second. Uh, <laughs> okay, so link stuff out of the way. I guess now we must, we must do the inevitable. And that is talk about the match on Friday night. And that was, hmm, what adjective could we use to describe that? Mm. Depressing. Depressing. <laughs> Actually, maybe frustrating is the better one so. for me. I Because it just, we know our team's better than yeah. that. And, I, you know, I think it was... Um, I think it was Lucas in our chat was joking that it, it it's probably Putin <laughs> and some Russian doping oh, or something. Totally. That's why Portland is is beating yeah. us every time. I I don't think it's that. Although they are, they do seem unnaturally large, very tall <laughs> team. So who knows? Maybe they do have some kind of superhuman, um, you know, X Men program going on in up there. Um, that should be our next scouting trip to go find out what are they doing. There you go. To get that, I don't know, but no, I just, it's not that Portland isn't a great team because they are, and they've got great players. They've, they've been coached by the same guy for a long time. They know what they're doing, 
but we still should not be losing four to zero to them in any stadium, ours or theirs. Right. And um, yeah. So that frustration was just my biggest takeaway from that because you know they they the early goal happened mm-hmm. where it looked like nobody knew what they were doing, mm. and then it all just kind of went downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was not a good game. I typically don't stop watching soccer games, but this one, after the fourth goal, I was like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I will write my recap in the morning. Um, so, yeah. Um, Portland had an attendance of 17,930. Um, that's a little bit, um, I believe that may be the highest for the season. I believe the Royals had it. Um from the 17,903 fans back in April, Portland now has surpassed that. Statistically... Wait, no, no, no. We had 19,000. Oh, take me back. I'm sorry. Ignore me. Yeah, Let's no, 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 no. You're right. I knew that. You know, it's just such a sad game that I was... Yeah, yeah. it all seems it bad. It all seems bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. 19,000 was at Utah. You're right. You Royals to own that. Um so t- statistically it was all Roy I mean it was all Portland. Portland um even like in the passes, which is passes, accuracy, it was all just Portland. Um so yeah, and Laura Harvey took responsibility for the loss. Um said it's on her. Um, she was definitely outcoached, and the players were outplayed. Um, they they lost possession. Possession. They couldn't create anything offensively. Um, it was just. It was not. It was not the Utah Royals that we saw playing Seattle, um, and then Sky Blue, <laughs> even North Carolina Courage. Um, so, it it really may come down to Laura Harvey, and I wrote an article today about. Um, historically, Laura Harvey does struggle at Providence Park. She has only won there twice. Um, and this was her sixth loss at that stadium. Um, so for some, and you can talk about, maybe it's the atmosphere, maybe it's the turf. But um, I think it all just comes down to tactics. And um, she definitely was outcoached in this one. And Mark Parsons knows her really well when you play her when you know you your 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 team is rivals with her team that she coached for five years um you kind of tend to know your opponent a little bit better um thankfully it's not the end of the season for the royals you know every team has that loss every season that there's just like what happened and um and we thought that was the case for the Royals in Chicago and Portland on their road trip, but um, maybe it was this one, and this one could definitely either wake them up and really work to get better, or it's just downhill from here. But I don't think Laura Harvey is going to let her teams give up after that loss. Um, yeah. No, and and I think and I think I don't remember if it was her or one of the other players that said that though that said you know it's a it's a team that knows they're better than that mm-hmm. and they will you know find the learn the lessons from what happened there and 
turn that into a, a positive direction. So, right. Let's hope we see it. Yeah. So not the end of the world. Um, it's not very fun to lose four to zero. It's not fun to watch your team get crushed by Portland, um, especially to Portland. Um, we love Portland. I have a Portland T-shirt. But, um, yeah, so how it looks now, Royals are in sixth place. Uh, we have a game in, in hand of everyone in front of us, minus Seattle Rain. Um, five points separate second place through six. So it's a very tight playoff race. Nothing is said and done. It's July. Um, end of the season is August. So, um, so what's there left? Eight, nine games, something like that. Anyway, um, it's not over yet. <laughs> uh, sorry, one of my friends, I think, dropped something. Um, so nothing is said and done. Um, there are nine games le left now, but it now is going to come to the point where every game is really going to start counting. Um, it's going to get hectic. You got teams like Seattle Rain, Orlando Pride, Portland, Royals. Am I leaving anybody out? I don't think so. Uh, Seattle, Orlando, Chicago, Chicago, Portland. Thank you. Those teams. I, we, unless something just unless North Carolina for some reason the team doesn't show up or Carolina is going to finish number one. No one's stopping that. Um, so it all just comes down to the last three spots. And it's going to be very tight. So don't panic. Um, this will be a learning experience. And I think um, tomorrow, no, Monday, Tuesday. What, what are we? Tuesday. What day is it, guys? It's Monday today. Oh, my today. gosh. I think I know that. Um, <laughs> um, we always record on Monday, so you think you know that. I know that. <laughs> okay. So with that. It's a, it's a tough schedule. The Royals stayed in the Pacific Northwest. Um, they have a game against Seattle Rain FC that's coming Wednesday. Um, kickoff is 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And uh, it's going to be, it's like based on two weeks ago, but this was at home. There is no altitude to worry about. Um, you don't have the home crowd behind you. So it, it's going to be going to be a really interesting game. It'll really show how the Royals just bounce back from the Portland loss. Uh, yeah. So, thoughts on the upcoming games, guys? How do you think the Royals are going to respond to um, at Seattle on Wednesday? Uh, you know, I think they've got to, they've got to really come out strong. Mm -hmm. Um in a big way because, you know, you've got to take that, that feeling of the loss and then knowing that you got to draw against Seattle at home not too long ago in a game where you were still integrating a new player, trying to figure out how that was going to work. Uh, you know, now, even with the loss, I think you still take the idea of, you know, that th this team as it's composed right now can go forward, uh, understanding the style of play, and, and what their team identity is, um, you can apply that to playing in Seattle and still have a strong game there. And I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they find a way to win that one. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's what they need to be going for. You know, they they can't be they can't be too patient and just try and and work out another draw. Um, one thing I think is really important is to just to get more into mm -hmm. the to the feeling of being more composed when when they have possession mm -hmm. and not trying to rush passes. And this was a struggle with the team early in the season, and. Um, you know, somebody criticized RSL on Saturday uh, during their game for being for being boring and and winning with death by possession, but I, I replied that I would I would watch you know a team win 25 games in a so-called boring manner rather than have fast and furious action and and not win as many times. Mm. Um, whatever you do to make sure that the opportunities to score are yours and not your opponents is what you do during a game and I think the Royals work better when they are not only passing uh, in high numbers but you know making sure those are completed passes and that they are constructive in setting up chances to shoot and score goals mm. rather than letting the other team have those chances so yeah so um Memorial Stadium is um, a difficult place for people. For it's turf again, not not gonna escape the turf um, from Portland. Um, but hopefully, the Royals have had more chance to practice on it. Um, and yeah, it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a back and forth. The Royals did a really good job of holding um, Rapino and Ali Long and um, Jody Taylor from doing anything when they played at Rio T on June 27th. So um, maybe they'll just do the same game plan and um, Royals come out and win. Um, and, and yeah, Seattle's a good team. They're dangerous. They have Rapino. Rapino. She can shoot from anywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, um, game this coming Wednesday, 8.30 again. Um, so tune in for that one and see how the Royals um, bounce back from this. Any other thoughts on the upcoming Seattle game? It's a must win for sure, I think. Yeah. Like, I think it's either going to be 0-0 zero, zero or 3-0 Royals. <laughs> three, whoa. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I like that. 3-0 three, three, Royals sounds fantastic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Cool. All right. So now we can move on to questions. Um, we got a couple here. Uh, a couple? Two. Cool. Um, okay. From Lonnie. Do you think the USA, USASA National Women's Open should open itself up to more professional teams, much like the Lamar Cup, Lamar Open Cup, I'm sorry, and do you think it would actually be good for the NWSL? Also, do you see the RSL women's team be more crucial to the Royals' development? Brian, you're the expert on this, on the whole RSL women and that league. Thoughts? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, as far as the as far as the women's open, I mean, you know, I think if there's a tournament in America that's less known about or less cared about, uh, and I don't mean that in too harsh of a way. Um, 
than than the U.S. Open Cup on the men's side, it would be this National Women's Open. I didn't even know. Like, I forget that they have one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, historically, it's only been uh, an amateur and semi-pro. I'm just kind of reading real quickly about it. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, the, the Red Stars played in it in 2012, but they were in the WPSL back then. Um, the Houston Aces, who is a team that uh, RSL women have played against, won it in 2013. But um, yeah, no, I anything like that would be would be great. Although you know, a lot of people will say, do the women who are already so busy with NWSL and uh, and their national teams, do they really need one more thing to play in? Mm. But you know, national tournaments like that, to me, uh, having been a, a fan of German soccer and really, you know, all the other countries have, you know, the, 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 the big national tournaments that happen and it's a big deal to them. Um, I wish we took the men's tournament here more seriously mm-hmm. instead of just kind of, you know, MLS teams ease into it in the middle of what, you know, the games and then kind of end up having a free ride into the later rounds mm. it's it's bizarre so mm. um i definitely think that tournament should grow and involve as many as many women's teams as possible give more more girls playing soccer yeah. something to play for and win i i think that's great yeah um you know we hear the stories in the men's side of these um you know like these teams of dads that get together you know once a week uh, and then they make it to the fourth round of the U.S. Open Cup and have this cool story. Well, you know, let's get the let's get the moms, mm. the soccer moms, mm. and the you know out there and and have them do well in a tournament too. Mm. I think it would be great. Um, as far as the RSL women's team being a part of the Royals' development, I keep hearing different things like yes and no how involved they are mm-hmm. um i wouldn't be surprised one way or another if rsl women changes their name next year mm. because people do tend to get a little confused um now that there's a royals uh when i say rsl women to people who don't know what's going on they assume i'm talking about the royals and i have to say no 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 this is the other women's soccer team that's been around longer and they, what we have never heard of that yeah, i know you haven't mm-hmm. <laughs> keeps me up at night <laughs> but um i would love to see them become a bigger part of the development for the team i would love to see them become the equivalent of the monarchs for the organization and to continue to use the base of players that they have mm-hmm who, you know, they get the local college players that want to do something in the summer during their off season. They get the, the previous college players who still want to play and can contribute to a team. uh, A lot of whom tried out for the Royals this year. Um, It can be a good club to, to do something with those players that don't make the roster or kind of on the fringe of getting a lot of minutes and playing um, some opportunities to play matches. In fact, I, I thought I had heard that some of the Royals might go play for RSL women this year. Mm-hmm. That that never ended up happening. Um, and they only have one game left, which is this Friday, by the way, everybody show up out at the Academy, come, go. come hang out with me mm-hmm. and, and watch, watch this game. Um, but I would love to see, you know, just from the, from this, where I've worked with them for a couple of years now, I, 
I have this sentimentality to it. And rather than go and create something completely new on their own, which I, I guess they're certainly free to do, it's their team. But if, if you've had a group that's been playing with your organization's name on it for the last five years, I feel like that should be what you, you know, that should be your group of players going forward, or at least, you know, use that team, use the league they're in, yeah. which is a, a really top-notch league. Um, they'd be one of the first, if not the first, NWSL-related side mm. in United Women's Soccer. I know some of the, like the, the Breakers Reserves were playing in WPSL, the Red Stars Reserves, the, the Spirit Reserves. So, um, you know, but I, I like this other league. Um, I think they do a really good job of providing a good level of competition. Um, so hopefully they get to stick around and, and be involved in the future of developing. You know, we've got the Academy in Arizona who has, that has girls teams now. And that's they promote that a lot down there that, you know, this is a pathway to the Royals yeah. if you want to be a professional soccer player. So um, this RSL women team, whatever it becomes, could be a stepping point to that. And that would be great. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe somewhere down the line. Cool. All right. Um, Jake asks, comparing offensive style and formation with Stengel versus A-Rod. Both offer something different, but it seems Stengel's hold-up play works really well with Press's game. Hmm. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, I have nothing against Katie Stengel. I think she's wonderful. But I think when you I, I mean, she started when they played Sky Blue FC. Um, and that was just a good game in general because, I mean, it was, sorry to say, but it was Sky Blue FC who has is working out a lot of things on their own. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm still going to stick with A-Rod and Press. Um, but I could see the argument for Stengo and Press. Um, because of that one game. Yeah, I you know it, it's true. It, it's 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 two very different types of of forward mm -hmm. for sure. Um, you know, Stengel. It's like you you trade speed, and and you know what what A Rod does with her footwork. Mm -hmm. Uh, for Stengel's size and her strength and her ability to hold up the ball mm -hmm. and then get the rest of the team into the attack. Um, just for me, the one thing about that is that's that's a style of play where you have to be ready to, uh, well, you have to be accurate for one thing, getting the, f the, the number nine, the ball, uh, in a way that they can hold on to it and not get immediately overwhelmed by the defense. Mm -hmm. And then you, the midfield has to be ready to get up and support the play because if the striker has nowhere to lay the ball off and recover a little bit, you're going to lose possession. And granted, that's in the defensive third, but, you know, any teams can spring attacks, spring counters from that, and that's that's a dangerous thing to get into. Um, when you've got A-Rod playing up front, you know, she will get up there and, and dribble circles around whatever, the center back. 
uh, and you know, and hold on to the ball that way. So it's, um, I guess it just comes down to what what Harvey sees is the tactical advantage against the defense she's facing on any given night. Mm. Um, I don't know that we have to say one or the other is the way to play right. every time. And I also don't, I don't think Kristen Press, like maybe, and, and this is not me trying to say anything bad about anybody else on the team, but with, with other players, um, maybe there was a, you know, an advantage to having a rod mm-hmm. up there or, you know, versus Katie. But I think Kristen Press can play and do well with anybody mm-hmm. as the forward. Mm-hmm. Um, she can even slot over and be the forward herself right. and have somebody. Um, I think they played that way for a while where um, where Stengel slipped outside for a bit and Press was in the middle and then they switched back. I mean, there's there's she's she's a flexible enough player that she can adapt to the situation. So I don't know that it provides a, a huge advantage one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, That's just yeah, me. I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, so I agree with a lot of that. I'm also going to come out with a hot Uh-oh. take that I'm sure will get me Uh-oh. in trouble. <laughs> I know. Stop me now. I, I guess it's not that much of a hot take. Um, I think Amy Rodriguez is underperforming. And that's not to say that, like, she hasn't, she hasn't done well. She has. Mm-hmm. She's done great. Um, you know, the talisman of her offense, I think, up until Kristen Press came along. But that said... I don't think her play is bad. I think luck is not falling her way. And I think in that regards, that qualifies her as underperforming. Um, I think that she's great in creating space, but she's had a lot of trouble this year finishing her chances, um, if we're being brutally honest. So I think that overall... I still think that the best pairing is going to be Amy Rodriguez and Kristen Press. But like, you know, like I said, we haven't seen the best of Amy Rodriguez yet. I think that's Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That said though, I think Katie Stangle is fantastic. She has played great. Um, And she definitely brings a different hold up dynamic. Um, Also to take into account is that, our sample size is also really, really small, but those are my mm. thoughts. Yeah. Sure. No, that's, that's totally, totally a good way of saying it too, is that like, we all know Amy can be better. Like where she's playing right now is, a, is above the average of any NWSL player, but we know there's more even there that could just take this team to a whole different level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll come. Yeah. yeah. And playing some really tough teams who probably have spent a good time um, how to shut down Amy Rodriguez and um, gun down her chances. Um, so, yeah. We shall see how that all works out. Um, anything else we want to talk about? Oh, wait. What did I do? We have 10 minutes. Um, I did just see something. I oh, have something I'd like yes, to please. say. Go ahead. Who 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 first? It's you. Home. It's dude, oh, it's dude, home. dude, you're not even English. Stop that. <laughs> I think Belgium's gonna win. Oh. 
I'm with Kate. I'm with Katie Stengel on that one. That she wants. She said, "I want England to lose just so that whole hashtag goes away." <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm kind. I'm kind of on the Croatia train mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Um, there's 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 Demir Krylok mm-hmm. on RSL, who's Croatian, and a Croatian just took over as as manager of Bayern Munich. So, um, as much as I love Luke and Laura. Uh, here with uh, uh, I don't know. See, there's that too. I mean, it would be great if England won for their sakes. Um, Belgium, I'm kind of like, eh. I don't know, France, eh. Then there's Bayern players on France, but still like not enough that I care that they eh. win. Um, <laughs> ever ever since ever since the Dane had a bit headbutted that Italian guy, I kind of don't ever want France to win anything ever again. So, Zidane. So, if yeah. we're being honest, I actually really want Croatia to yeah. win. Oh heck yeah! I I love Mario Mandzukic more than Ooh. I love myself. If He's I'm awesome. Being honest. He's awesome, and Rakitic yeah. is great. It's coming home. I want it's coming home. to Croatia. <laughs> yeah. And there's a um, and, the, and there's a Croatian who uh, is on uh, the team that RSL is playing tomorrow, Frankfurt. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wore my, so funny story. So I wore my Croatian or I, I wore my Mario Mandzukic Croatian shirt to, um, the watch party at the Academy on Saturday. And I, I wore it hoping that obviously, you know, to support Croatia, um, also hoping that, you know, Demir would be there. He wasn't, uh, but cool story is, so I met this older gentleman who actually played professionally in Croatia, went all the way up through the academy, um, was about to sign his first team contract, got Uh. injured, and boom. Yeah, but no, we, you know, we we passed the ball around, and I think he said he was in his 50s or late 40s, but anyways, like, he destroyed me. It was great. <laughs> wow. And he was he was bald and everything. It was it was nice. fantastic. You That's know, awesome. He was really good. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, rooting for Croatia, although Croatia also has, I know, I'm also sort of hesitant because there's a lot of, um, like, ultra-nationalist mm. movements. This is getting slightly political, but not really. Well, I guess political. Um, a lot of like ultra nationalist fascist mm. movements in Croatia, and they've been fined by FIFA, the federation, like three times, I think, in the past two years for racist incidents, including like a swastika. Oh, wow. On the middle of the pitch. So there's a whole bunch of stuff there, which is really problematic. Well, did you but, see? Did you see they fired their assistant coach today, too? Because I, um, I because they they tweeted some pro Ukraine stuff after beating Russia, and the and their the the Croatian National Federation had to come out and say like we apologize to every Russian person in the world right now, like that is not appropriate for our guys to be mm. saying. <laughs> but I still want them to win. I would fit in right there with that Croatian social media team. Mm. <laughs> I disagree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't love what Russia's doing over there either. But. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so a little bit of news just to share real quick, um, just so nobody is shocked by this. But uh, U.S. Soccer is planning to call in all the internationals early for the Tournament of Nations. 
which means that when the courage come to town, it's pretty much going to be you're not going to see all the U.S. women national, international players. Um, Damn you, Jill Ellis. And actually, and I'm actually mentioning this because I'm checking Twitter right now, and Paul Riley um, commented on a podcast that's going to happen tonight for the Equalizer. And Paul Riley um, said, it's time the U.S. women's national team supported the NWSL and stopped taking the players from their clubs outside of FIFA windows, especially non-allocated players. Kills growth of league and hurts fan base considerably. When will NWSL step up and will, when will U.S. women's national team understand it's a two-way street? Yes. I love I it. I'm going to go find that tweet and like it and retweet it. And yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's some mm. BS because it's literally just a glorified friendly tournament it is, is all mm-hmm. it is. And there's no need for them. I mean, the tournament starts that Friday. Why, why, why? Why do you, why, Joe Ellis? Answer me this. That's, that's really it's, frustrating. It's frustrating that you... You, by doing that, show that you don't care about the league whatsoever. You can say how much you do. And, yes, the NWSL has elevated some of these players' careers, like um, Abby Dalkemper, uh, Crystal Dunn, um, Allie Long. But, come on, like, these, it's a very competitive NWSL season, and it's just, I don't agree with it. So, yeah. So thank you, U.S. Soccer, for um, taking away people for July 20th. So it'll be interesting how that game will be when North Carolina comes to town for the final game of the three-game series. Uh. And, and I'll just... And I'll just add surrounding that that it's, it's worth saying again um, that... Kristen Press, uh, I think yeah. it was Trey told us this last week that Kristen Press is upset that she's going to miss a Royals game. That's, true. that's that's the impression that we made on her in just her short time with this team, with what this team has put together for these players. That she doesn't want to go. Yeah. I mean, she loves playing on the national team. She came, you know, she she didn't go to Houston and went to Sweden and then came back to the U.S all as part of her desire to be in the right situation to prove that she deserves to be on our national team. And she still is like, no, I need to play my Royals game first and then I will fly down to Florida. Mm -hmm. Like don't, don't call us in early. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the players that not, it's not their choice. It's us soccer who pays their salaries. Unfortunately. so everybody grab your torches <laughs> and we will Boycott. make some. Boycott <laughs> you. That's right. Just kidding. Um, okay. Well, sorry to leave on such bumming news. Um, game on Wednesday and then there's another one on Sunday that we didn't talk about. Oh, I'm sorry, Saturday that we didn't talk about. And that's the Orlando Pride um, coming to real, the Real Tea again. And that's a NWSL Game of the Week. I think t- time has changed to 5.30. It was originally 1.30, but then the whole switch with ESPN News and all this. So Orlando Pride, Marta, Alex Morgan, Ali Krieger, Ashley Harris, back at the riot on 
uh, I said three OT. What's wrong with me? Um, I did. That was weird. Back at the riot on Saturday. So big games for the Royals this week. Seattle Rain on Wednesday. Saturday, Orlando Pride. Any final thoughts on that game that we didn't talk about? I like Rio T. <laughs> it's hip and new. <laughs> but see, that's why we just say that's why we just say riot. Right. Riot. It doesn't matter though. It's yeah, all good. I was uh, I thought about it after and I thought that's not right. Why am I saying it that way? Anyway, riot. Alex Morgan comes um, again. Maybe she will sign autographs this time for the whole kiddos. Maybe. <laughs> Uh, it's time to get a win against yeah. them, right? Yeah, yeah, two draws, right? We, yeah. yeah, we owe them a loss. Yeah, and they're 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 playing pretty well as well. Um, so hopefully the altitude gets to them and, again. And also maybe like I'm not going to go as far as to say anything broken or sprained, but maybe a, a nice bruise <laughs> can be left on Marta somewhere. Oh, she's really nice. Also, remember. Yeah, but she's also, uh, she's like, the, she's, I mean, same country. She's like the women's Neymar. <laughs> oh, Neymar. She's, she's, a, she's a flopper. Oh, gosh. I'm so glad so. he's gone. Out of the tournament. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. Uh, Can we there have been some great that? commercials right. about him. We should just chant Neymar at Marta. <laughs> like, can we just do that? Sure. But you got to be winning, though. You can't say it if you're losing. Yes. I mean, once we're up oh, to nothing, once it. we're up to nothing, then we will start uh, that. Yeah, there you go. If you get, if you manage to get that going over in the north end, I will join hey. you. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I can't get anything going. I just repeat <laughs> things like three times, and then no one joins in, and then I just stop, and then I don't do it again. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Cool. Anything else, guys? We can wrap it up. Uh, yeah. There was, yeah. there was a Marta thing that I that I kept yelling at the last game against the Orlando Pride, and it was really funny. I forgot what it was about though. It was like she was on the ground, or like she dived, and it was like, "Did you find your glasses or something?" I don't remember. I'm just rambling. <laughs> oh, as per usual. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> this wraps up episode twenty of the Royal City Show. Tank, tanks. <laughs> I can't talk tonight. Thanks for tuning in. I forgot to say hello. Give a shout out to um, our regulars. I'm sorry. Um, you know who you are. Thanks for listening. Um, have a good night. Have a good week. And hopefully we can chat next week under better circumstances. Okay. Oh. oh mm-hmm. um, look out for some player interviews. Oh, wink, yeah. wink. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Cindy has a high profile yeah. one, supposedly. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm like, oh man, I need to work on that. I need to work on being more prompt with those and not like sit on them. I think I do the interview. Yeah, them. I do the interview and then I'm like, okay, I'll work on it later. And then later it's just like, oh my gosh, that was two weeks ago. So <laughs> anyway, thank you, Abby Smith, for chatting with me. I will work on it. And sorry for being such a failure with my time um yeah so yeah we good cool good right you're fired (laughs) (laughs) i knew that was coming um cool thanks again for listening see ya it's coming home it's coming football's coming home it's
Damn you, Jill Ellis.